I'm also enjoying this uh, recent review uh, from Panda Dancer about dancing it's on. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. <clears throat> Especially the there is dancing it's on question mark. <laughs> is it really? I guess. Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Trailer Park Podcast, episode 138. Um, guys, it's happened. Finally. We've we've done it. I I I just I just left the offices later this afternoon. Everybody was uh, popping champagne corks. There was people photocopying their asses. Uh, it was quite a lot of excitement about tonight's lineup. <laughs> Very palpable. I thought for a second there that that, you, that the show had come to a completion that we had we had done it. Well, I think that's what he's saying. I mean, we've 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 mastered our own craft. You've you've um, curated a perfect lineup. Yeah. And um, from here, there's nowhere to go but down. And so tonight, we bid you all adieu. As this is our last episode. <laughs> Why are you trying to bring down the energy? Oh, I'm just getting hyped. I mean, it is a perfect lineup. So yeah, I got to keep people on the edge of their seats. Got to freak people out, scare them. What if Are it's not staying? though? Are we going? Will what we if, make another episode? Will we not? What if there's a fuddy-duddy that tries to make claims that this lineup could be better or improved on, and it isn't the achievement that we claim it to be, that we boast about it? That's well, it sounds like done. something I'll do. Yeah. That's your job to keep keep him in line with that kind of bullshit. Are you trying <laughs> to tell me that you think all four of us are going to shard on this lineup? Well, 138 does mean optimism. <laughs> <clears throat> Blind optimism, like foolish optimism. And tolerance. It's optimism and tolerance. Not that any of you care. Oh, <laughs> could be a lot of like... I get excited, I guess. A lot of that, a lot of that tonight. I, for Nathan, excited? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If everybody shards across the table, then we have to consider this as the possible last episode. Because what is there left to do if it's that true. happens? If you're going to go uh, out, Dune, you want to go out Dune at the very two. bottom. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just have to find out what happens. And hopefully, hopefully, everybody is honest and truthful and doesn't lie to try to never have to do a podcast again. Hear ye, hear ye, I call to order the roundtable for episode 138 of Trailer Park Podcast, where we talk about movies we've watched and we um, share our feelings about them. And I think tonight's uh, got a few things on the table. I think you guys saw Matrix Resurrections, and I saw a couple of movies in the theater as well. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. 
you've also been out and about. Yeah. Well, we went and saw The King's Man. Is that where you want to start? Sure. The King's Man is the best of the Kingsman movies, and all of you need to go watch it. It's fantastic. It's very satisfying. Oh, I, wow. I, I came home and I watched Kingsman because I was like jacked about the Kingsman, and Kingsman is not as good. The Kingsman is great. Interesting. Yeah. That, that is interesting. That's not how, what I've been hearing. Oh, yeah? Who have you been hearing things from? I don't know. A couple of podcasts I listen to that I usually fare well with in terms of opinion. Yeah, you trust um, you trust them more than you trust your blood. No, just usually it's not that <laughs> that disparate. You know what I mean? Like oh oh, they're they're trashing on it. No, it wasn't even trashing. Oh. It was just like this is a great movie. It's not a Kingsman movie. Oh, I see. A bunch of pretentious assholes talking about what they think things are. It's a part of the world. <laughs> that's that's usually critiquing. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that clip? Where is that Jake clip? Oh. Critique is so limiting and emotionally draining. <laughs> it is. Look, it's the same it's the same universe. It's all the same property. It's invented by the, you know, Mark Millar guy and produced and created by uh Marv, whatever that director's name is. Intern, tell me the name of the director. I don't know. Look it up and tell me while we're talking. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Okay. I like I like the franchise, so I... Well, what I'm going to say is, like, it's kind of... It's it's about the origin of the Kingsman, right? And what I really appreciate about it is that it mirrors what happens in history, like with World War One and stuff, and it tells mm-hmm. you... The, like it's It has the Kingsman origin story running perfectly alongside all the events from World War One, and that they kind of insinuates that it plays a role in impacting all the things that happen. So that's really the most... I mean, they they like Forrest Gump it a little bit. Yeah. But it's done in that Kingsman way and all the fighting is done. And you can tell that the fighting style that the Kingsman has created, it's almost like they use bullet time and just, you know, don't make make it about bending reality. Just make it about making kick-ass fight sequences. Yeah. Sorry. What did you say, intern? Uh, Maddie Vaughn. Matt Vaughn. Yeah. 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 They should really let him make a Bond movie. Matt Vaughn would kick Bond's ass. It's interesting, though, because Kingsman is kind of a little bit of a, I don't know, what would you call it, like remix take on the Bond sort of motif. Mm -hmm. So I'd be curious to be like, have the same person do the the, serious serious version version of his his parody style. Yeah, I think Henry Cavill as Bond and Matt Vaughn directing would be the best Bond movie ever made. I'm on board with that. Stardust. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just like it's there's this fight sequence. Man, and I love some of the people in this movie. Like Jamon Hansu, the guy doesn't age. He's fucking probably in his late 50s. I don't know. I didn't check, but he's ripped. He doesn't look like his age at all. And there's this great fight sequence between him and the Russian guy. There's this music backing it up, and it's. He's just improved the Kingsman fighting sequence. Like you go back and you watch Kingsman and it, it looks great for the time, but they've taken it up another notch. It's awesome. So, you know, whatever that podcast is that you're listening to, A, stop listening to them, and B, you know, try to forget what they said and just enjoy the fucking movie because it's great. <laughs> he was born in 1964. Like what does that mean? 
Uh, that means he's old. Quit giving me work to do and tell me how old he is. I can't do math. It's too late. What, you did can... you give a year? 64. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, late 50s, we'll say. Sure, mid 50s, mid to late 50s, whatever. <sighs> I know. Intern, right? did you also watch The King's Man? Uh, no, I'll be watching it on Monday. So, once again, you have nothing to contribute. Uh, that's not true. I also watched uh, The Matrix. Oh, um, has but Nathan seen The Matrix? I haven't, but go ahead and ruin it. I don't care. Oh, there's no need to ruin it. I watched uh, Licorice Pasta and Nightmare Alley. Oh. Yep. Um, Licorice Pizza, everything they're heralding it to be. Licorice Pizza. So, Cooper Hoffman... I want I want to watch him. I'm really excited for anything that he does. Hmm. I, I don't know. He also seems like he's 30 and he's like 15 or 18. Or he's 18, I guess. He's still in high school in this movie and he's playing his own age. But he seems like an old dude. Hmm. Already. Do you think do you think his look will get him another role that isn't directed by Paul Thomas Anderson? I think his uh, acting ability is going to get him a bunch of roles, same as his pops. Okay. Do you want to put any money on it? Uh, sure. How much? I'll bet you a, a double-faced toonie. What does that mean? He's, does that mean four dollars? I've, <laughs> I've got a I've got a two-headed uh, toonie. <laughs> oh, you have you have a special toonie? Yeah. Uh, that he will get how many roles in the next five years? Well, I think it's going to start out slow, oh. so he'll probably do mm. really one, two, three, back three, three in the next five years, and Major? the five after that, he'll be in like 20. Major roles or supporting roles? Uh, He's not a leading man yet. It's going to be supporting. He play, He led in this, mm-hmm. and same with the Heim, Heim girl. Yeah, okay, as long as we agree that as long as uh, like they have to be roles where Paul Thomas Anderson isn't involved. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. He'll be okay. in Mission Impossible as the bad guy. Mm, you know? Mission Impossible 14. Nobody nobody believes you right now. It's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> He's good stuff. Okay, so you enjoyed anyway. the Kirsch Pizza and you enjoyed uh, Nightmare Alley. Yes? Yeah. Is Nightmare Alley uh, actually good or is it like intern good? Well, <laughs> I just watched the uh, original that it's based off of. Mm-hmm. And 1962. It's a very good interpretation of that. It's a, you know. It's an interpretation a, of the original. Yeah. It's the same movie. Is the original Criterion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that highbrow speak for we just re- remade it? We we interpreted it? Mm. Uh, no. No? Uh, I don't understand why... Guillermo's uh, oh, name is on under a writing credit because it's the exact same movie. There just isn't any uh, noir talk over hmm. explaining what's happening, and it's in color. But everything else is the exact same story, so with or the same characters. Nightmare Alley. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just he said Guillermo, and it popped antlers into my head as mm. something else that we watched that I forgot we watched. Yeah. Oh, I've I've read some of your thoughts on antlers, on, on Letterboxd. Please discuss that one. 
Intern uh, gave it three stars. Yeah, I think I may have given it something similar. It's not to be knocked for being bad per se. It's just, <laughs> it's just come on, boring. Daniel. Come on, just, Daniel. You just, gave it. You gave it three stars, and then you just said nothing positive about it. It was like. It was like your, your your review was like a half star review, and then it gets got three stars. It's like what? It's like this is a piece of shit. You maybe saw Antlers twice. Oh, let's maybe. call it Antlers. Yeah. Should you claim it's a horror movie about a Wendigo if ninety eight percent of it is about a family that gets infected by one off camera before the movie's plot begins? Could have called it Demon Poison, and no one would have thought twice about it until the last five minutes. I'm just pissy because this is another example of why highbrow horror films annoy me. Boredom, boredom and inaction are not atmosphere. Evil Dead has more atmosphere than you can shake a stick at, and it's nonstop goop and madness and fun. This is a competent film with a couple dark moments in it, but it's just a, it's a just barely movie. Just barely horror, just barely about a Wendigo, and just barely includes antlers, let alone enough to make it the time. <laughs> It was barely excruciatingly boring. I think uh, the thing with this rating system is that a hmm. three is kind of the worst rating you can give. Yeah, it's it's kind of a zero on this zero. Like. five scale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that means you're gonna forget it. Have we talked? Yes. To, yeah, we're gonna forget it for sure. Um, did we talk to them about um? That fucking Welsh thing. The feast. Oh, oh do it. I want to hear this. That's another one. That oh, that one's even, that one. That one I truly like went in and and, and scorned it with with the rating because, god damn it, eighty minutes of the ninety minutes is you just staring at a woman staring at something else, most often an in, inanimate object, and it's just <laughs> she uh, yeah it, yeah, and he, that's not an exaggeration. The majority of the time in the film is just us, the audience, looking at her, looking fucking dead-eyed. Like, she's not scary or interesting or compelling in any way. I'm just looking at a fucking boring bitch in a meadow. <laughs> I'm not here for this. Also, everything cool that happens happens in the last five, ten minutes of the movie, maybe. Yeah. Anything with any sort of, like, horror fun um and well, by at least, then you, at least just you went the distance anyway you went you went the distance though so that's good no oh, yeah we we stuck it out um also the welsh language is just ugly <laughs> so that was new for me <laughs> <laughs> sorry like, for dis- our welsh audience distracted by it as you read subtitles like ugh, ugh. <laughs> it, is, it is very like weirdly alien it's so different from every language it just sounds like something that isn't meant to be spoken anymore. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, leave that with the Fey folk. <laughs> hmm. Um and like also her the reveal of like what or who she is was not at all surprising by the time the movie quote unquote reveals it. It's like, yeah, we got that. Yeah. They're like, huh? Here's what you were waiting for, and you're like, Great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, three stars. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may mean, give that one maybe four and a half. I think no, I was pissed. Bad. I was pissed bad. at that one. The Real feast. Bad. How do you look up a movie in the letterbox and see what your friends? Yeah. It's I don't know. It's a little confusing. I I think the website is probably a little bit better than the app in terms. Oh of, really? 
in terms of like maneuvering around and stuff because I, I find it difficult sometimes too to like mm. hone in on what i'm trying to do right away it's a little counterintuitive i'm on the laptop right now and i feel like i'm so used to just using the phone yeah uh one and a half stars from daniel this film is barely 90 minutes and feels like three hours and 78 of those minutes is watching a woman stare deadpan at random objects in utter silence. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So so that'll get a Criterion nod and internal give it five stars. <laughs> well, I'll watch it before that happens. Like... I think even intern would be like, this isn't great. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's, on, it's in a lineup, so I'll watch it. You'll watch it and you let us know what you feel about it. Um, does anyone want to talk about, uh, the matrix? Because you got, you, Daniel wrote like a very long review about the matrix. Yeah. I wrote a very, it's a, cause it's a passionate review because, and it's a very honest review because it kind of reviews all of the matrix at once and the Wachowskis. But I'm curious what intern thought. Uh, I thought the whole movie was a big middle finger to the Hollywood industry like you forced us to make this movie even though we didn't want to so take it like uh it just makes fun of everything and like how everything's a universe now and yeah. everything's connected um yeah i just I, like it blatantly shoves your face into how shitty everything is and their idea of explaining bullet time and then the like compensation for that is so ridiculous, so ridiculous that uh, I I don't know the uh, Wachowskis got some some big lady balls to to make this. Well, let's be fair; it's only Lana. Yeah. The other, uh, the other one right. didn't want anything to do with it. But I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I agree with you. But I need like your you know somebody asks you, hey, was the Matrix any good? Yes or no. Uh well, I enjoyed it. I had a I had a fine time with it. That's 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 interesting. I was I was unsure where you were gonna land because I am very confused about my objective thoughts on this film as a film. Uh, because it's a it's a big old mess. It is a sloppy, yeah. terrible mess. But combined with something in it, quite possibly, well. In turn, I would. I wonder if you agree with us on this. That that is the best. The scenes of the two of them is the best Keanu and Carrie have ever acted in their entire life. Uh, well, I I don't know. I feel like they were the most believable they've ever been as far as their. Because we also just rewatched all the Matrixes. Yeah, yeah. Like leading up to this, and the scenes of the two of them really truly moved me. Like moved me to tears at some points because I just, I believed them in a way I've never believed them before. Yeah. Keanu is a lot like the rock in that even though you love him to death, he doesn't really seem to have sexual chemistry Mm -mm. with many people, if any, but he locks in with Carrie Ann in this movie in a way that I've never seen them, him do before. And that's the most genuine part of the entire movie is their love story to me. And it reminds you that that's what the core of the matrix is. Yeah. A love story. Yeah. So for, for me, um, they form that core as the rest of the movie is just a fucking like endless TV static into your brain of like, how about this idea and that idea and this idea? 
these things don't make sense. Here's a plot hole, plot hole, plot hole, plot hole, throw it together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's meta analyze ourselves and then make all these jokes and stuff that, that that intern was referencing at the beginning about Hollywood and like they trivialize their own lore in in certain ways that's that's interesting in like a fourth wally kind of way. But again, if to sum to summarize, it's a huge old mess. Yet there is totally something enjoyable there. We think it's Keanu and Carrie Ann, their their connection and the, and their story within the Matrix itself as well that carries everything. But and then everything else is just like what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, if nothing else, I just I would say that uh, I haven't seen it, but just a comment on the Matrix trilogy. It's like the things that I wanted to happen didn't happen, but I still appreciated the movies for different reasons. Yeah. So it's like Reloaded was really confusing and didn't take the metaphor the way I wanted it to, but holy shit, I've never seen it. someone ride a motorcycle against traffic before. That's fucking right. amazing. Or in Revolutions, I was like hoping that it would resolve a certain way, and it totally didn't. It was totally unsatisfying how they resolved it. But I ended up enjoying all the uh, Zion stuff more than the Matrix stuff in the third one. Like the Zion yeah. fight and war was so epic and i was like didn't expect to like that part of it more than because with the matrix you're always like plug into the matrix go into the matrix you know but. yeah the, on the rewatch i was surprised that i at all at all the neat concepts and lore stuff that i totally missed the, when i watched it when i was younger because hmm. to me reloaded was a big confusing mess and revolutions also in that same way didn't go the way i wanted it to so i kind of burnt out on it but revisiting them i was like Oh, I still feel that same way as I did when I was younger, but all these cool ideas, these rogue AI systems that are living within the matrix that are also in trouble of being erased, just like human counterparts and how all that metaphorically plays out in there. Mm -hmm. Weird places that they go and in, in, in events that happen in the movies. Yeah. It's like when I watched Reloaded recently, it was like the action takes place and you're totally engaged in the action and the ideas and the concepts being displayed to you, but then they'll stop and the script is like this robotic over-explanation of the ideas just so that they can put them on the table so that they can play with them. Yeah. Like the the Merovingian and, and his and his ridiculous monologues. It's like, okay. Yeah. I'm, I, I think I'm with after... you, but I'm not as with you as I once was. <laughs> right. And I think my final like analysis of the Wachowskis is that I think they have, they have Stephen King syndrome. I think that they... They have tons of ideas and tons of passion and zero ability to discern between good and bad ideas. So you get both in equal measure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's the most accurate description of, of them. I feel like I've ever heard. Have you ever yeah, seen their so, first one? So you get moments that are like, yes, this is, this is the matrix. This is wow. Yes. And then, and then a whole bunch of what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bound is great. That's uh a really good movie. I, I do like Bound. Yeah. I guess what I was going to point out was like when they had less resources or when they were restricted, did that help? Oh, probably. I'm they, sure, yeah. They also it, made it V for does. Vendetta, but that was source material. Limited resources like uh, activates your creativity. So yeah. that's why you get blandness sometimes with some of those early Netflix movies where they just gave directors carte blanche. You get this blandness. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Okay. Well, uh, does anybody want to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home really quickly? I haven't seen it. 
People appear um, to fucking love it. How much do you know about it? Uh, pretty much everything. So it's okay if I talk freely? Yeah, yeah. Spoil okay. away. They were trying um, to make a live-action Spider-Verse and reset Tom Holland and reset all the craziness that they've built up so that Spider-Man can just start over as somebody that nobody knows and he lives in his own apartment they're trying to like reboot a new trilogy with tom holland yeah get this focus back down to local yeah 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 keep it get it back to being simple and then you know bring tom hardy and venom into it Hmm. is probably where it's gonna go but i do want to stress that although they tried to do a live action spider-verse into the spider-verse is still the best spider-man movie i've ever seen I agree. And I don't think that watching this one changes anything. I was surprised at how much Chelsea liked it because I was like, hmm. I... Well, there, there's a lot of nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think when, no matter what. when Andrew Garfield showed up, I was, yeah, I, I love that. He's, I think he's the best Spider-Man. He's, he's the best Spider-Man with the shittiest movies. I haven't seen any of his. I, I, yeah. I enjoy him. I, I gathered from people like just get from scouring the internet and stuff that spider man fans especially big ones like this really landed for them in a way that i don't think they were expecting or they had lower expectations because mm-hmm. it was seemed pretty unanimous that everyone was like shocked how much they liked it well they did manage to take all the villains and everything that's happened including mm-hmm. you know andrew garfield and toby mcguire and the whole shebang they were able to collect it all in one place and you know satisfyingly move past it like acknowledge the fact that there's been three different Spider-Mans, acknowledge the fact that they've gone through all these different villains and just set it all aside. Almost like a therapy session for Spider-Man fans. So this Spider-Man has shown up on uh, IMDb's top 250. It's 19. Stop it with the IMDb 250. It's it's, it's flawed. It's, it's flawed. That's crazy. It's flawed by the masses going on there and whatever other bots people have set up. Who cares? Well, your Shawshank is still number one. Yeah, that's... It's hard to keep an average. That's the problem. Nobody... That's because it'll stay there because no kids nowadays will watch it. So no one will rate it. So it'll never change. Yeah. Yeah. No one can handle the hope message. (laughs) There's no, no better thing than hope. Guys, optimism, 138, tolerance, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh, fuck, Shawshank's amazing. Uh, intern, do you have any updates on uh, the Golden Globes this year for us? As there was no ceremony. <laughs> it just uh, didn't do uh, The spot anything. that I go to to look at uh, who's won stuff... Mm. Uh, removed the Golden Globes from the awards section, so <laughs> I don't have any idea what happened. Okay, so, wow. it's, so it's it's meaningless. <laughs> Shall we mention that the SAG nominations came out and uh, Kristen Stewart got uh, snubbed? Ooh, well, I mean, the Globes already snubbed her. I don't um, think she's getting shit. What was she going for? Or... Best actress. She's in some fucking Princess Diana <laughs> movie that intern yeah. loves. Hmm. Um. No, no, that's not even true at all. <laughs> I was very disappointed in it. I was expecting to love it. Well, oh. it's no Jackie, same director. Uh, in any event. Yeah. Uh, the, the point is that the path is clear for Gaga 
to take her trophy. Well, what about Kidman? Kidman just won the globe. It could be uh, yeah. Alana Heim. Stop it. For they a licorice pasta. Child. They'll give it to an adult, but... Um... She's not a child. She's like 35. Yeah, but nobody ever heard of her. Um, I know. I honestly couldn't give two shits who wins. <laughs> so it doesn't matter why we are Right. Right. Yeah, award yeah. shows don't matter anymore. Although you would you would like to see Gaga win an Oscar, I think. Regardless. I would, because I really want her to get an EGOT. Right. Even though she already has an Oscar, I'd want, I want her to get an acting Oscar. Yeah, that's fair. Let's, uh, <clears throat> if nobody has it, does anybody have anything else for movies they've watched? I just want to make one plug for the rebooted DuckTales. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It's- I, yeah. It's really good. It's really, really, actually a fantastic cartoon. So, you know, if you have Disney Plus and want to feel like a child, um, it's worth watching. It's so, so, so good. They the voice cast is perfect. They've made all of the boys like far more distinct, um, and each of them is has their own sort of like sort of mini arcs, and it's very um, fun and. I thank God Daphne likes it well enough to watch that as opposed to some other things because um, it's really good. Hmm. It's really good. Does it have the same intro music? Yes, it does. Oh, yeah. Ba-dum-bum. Ooh. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the burden list and the fact that the Green Knight is coming down off of my burden list. Oh, well, what are your thoughts on the Green Knight? Uh, well... Is very visually engaging and an interesting movie, but it starts to unravel a little bit and gets a little bit confusing at the end and kind of leaves you at the end with one of those esoteric experiences where you're just like, am I supposed to interpret this myself? And then you go online and you read the Coles notes for the Green Knight poem, and then you get it. You get the ending after that, but you challenge a lot of the decisions uh, like the creative decisions the director made because he goes rogue a little bit against the poem in certain areas and I don't understand what value he got from doing that. So I, I liked it and then I read the Coles notes and then I liked it more but then I criticized some of the decisions he's made so I liked it less. <laughs> 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 there you go. I enjoyed it but then I did some investigation and forced and, and made myself dislike it just to be petty <laughs> well uh if you go and read the what i like to do for these movies especially these pretentious ones because this is a movie where you go to rotten tomatoes and it's it's got one of those like 90 percent critic 50 percent audience mm-hmm. kind of things oh and, yeah and i love reading the rotten tomato blurbs for movies like that because you get things like this you get uh, English majors will love what director David Lowry has done with The Green Knight. The rest of us, not so much. <laughs> yeah, that, that puts it in perspective. You can't touch it. You can't feel it or really even get near it. But it sure does look pretty from afar. Oh, that's a good one, too. It's an incoherent mood piece, a jumble of themes and ideas that never coagulates into anything of substance. In other words, it's the perfect vessel for film critics to laud as high art. And then on the flip side, there's a bunch of like, masterpiece and stunning and 
because it's really well done. Like it's actually visually arresting a little bit. And I wondered if uh, interns' true interest in this movie lay in a specific scene. What scene is that? When he's when he's traveling. It's it's during his journey to get back to the Green Knight to fight him, or to take a blow. Sorry. Was there a masturbation scene or something? Does that Anya chick get naked and show bush? She no. doesn't have a bush. He comes. He comes across uh, some giant. Uh, they're they're giants, naked giants, walking through like a foggy marsh, but they're huge. <laughs> and they these, got like huge dongs. They're huge. Yeah. Yeah. These these naked female, <laughs> as is what I saw, giants. They were uh, they were calming. and uh, when i saw that scene i was like oh this is why he likes it (laughs) anyway how's my how's my feedback you like it yeah okay great um i'm gonna be uh adding to amanda's burden list (laughs) oh dear you really need to get to work on that huh um, I'm just going to list off 90s movies until we find one that you haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> because that seems to be the thing, is that there's all these great movies that you haven't watched. Have you seen The Game starring Michael Douglas? What's the plot? Because I feel like I, def- I, I definitely can like en- envision the cover. I'm not confident that I've seen it. Uh, he has his, his brother, Sean Penn, tells him about a game where... Uh, you pay this company a bunch of money and they change your life. And then he buys the game as a gift for Michael Douglas. And uh, it's one of those, is it real? Is it not real? Is it real? Is it not real? I don't Twist, think twisty so. Twisty turnies. I don't, I don't think I've seen it. It's a good one. I like it. A lot of people hate it, but I like it. Okay. Well, really? Then. I don't know anyone that hates it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's like a counter push to the game if you look for it on, on online. I'll be that person. I'm ready. Excellent. <laughs> then the game it is. Another one, I love Michael Douglas. Yeah. I don't feel like there's enough Michael Douglas in my life, probably because he's now like 78 years old. But And these kind of movies are great. Is it real? Is it not real? Is it real? Well, and just like 90s thrillers mm-hmm. are just like a thing in and of themselves that are just wonderful. Yeah, everyone's just swimming in fabric, shoulder pads. <laughs> Everybody's sweating. <laughs> Poofy, like mullety hair. Yeah. Uh, David Fincher. Yeah, it's Finch. Okay, okay well, that's perfect. The first, first one we said you haven't. Yeah, you couldn't even you couldn't <laughs> even get into the list. <laughs> What's the second selection? Just out of curiosity. No, I just found a list, and I just was gonna scroll around on it and pick different ones. Okay. I think I was gonna say True Lies after that. If you just did a double. Oh, check. Well, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Okay, excellent. Okay, that's good to know. Right, okay. The game. The game. The game. The game. It is. So uh, I guess the question is. Um, so I'm going to give you guys an option tonight because we don't want to spend too much time in the preliminaries. We have to get to the, to the movies, but, uh, one of the, one of the movies tonight is from, is a, is a screenplay that was on the blacklist. So I can, I can try to sell you guys movie scripts or I can do a little bit of rapid fire and we'll just go into the lineup. I just have to say that it's funny that you bring up the blacklist because Daniel and I were going to watch the blacklist, the show together. And I know how much you love Spader. So that's why I'm bringing this up now. The blacklist is a very good show. 
I accidentally left my husband in the dust though, and and and, and I'm like two seasons ahead of him now. Well, <laughs> Spader's Spader's got Moxie. He's got such Moxie. As long as he's on screen, he can hold it. When he embraced being bald. Oh yeah, jump like two levels. Oh, yeah, and, and sexy like. Yeah, he went from being like, "Ooh, this guy is not attractive," to, "Oh, I get it." And most yeah. most TV shows, <laughs> when they lose their main star, they just they it's over. But The Office managed to resurrect themselves for a season with some Spader because you know? of Spader, because of Robert California. They managed to like <laughs> resurrect themselves for just one year and be really entertaining. California was hilarious. It was. It was good for that show. But yeah. uh, that aside, I think I'd like some Robert Marbles. Okay. Fire. Okay, a couple of couple of notes on Dwayne, on Dan, on uh, Andrew's favorite Rocky, Rocky wrestler. Uh, so Dwayne Johnson has turned down the Vin Diesel offer to return to the Fast franchise, the main Fast franchise. Ooh. Dwayne, why are you causing this beef, bro? That's He's such uh, a loser. <sighs> And the second bit of Dwayne note uh, news is that there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be two more two Red Notice sequels. Oh fuck! <laughs> They're going to film them back to back. We got ourselves a oh. franchise, my friends. Oh, universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God damn it! You don't have to watch it. Well, Nathan's going to put them on this stupid podcast. That's it. We're Nathan's. sharding. We're sharding. We're sharding. Everybody shard. I told. It's like making a sub genre of just, hey, what if we paid two actors a bunch of money and forced them together in a spy movie? They just keep doing this over and over again with different actors. Three. This is this is heat. There's there's heat behind some of these words, though. I have to read what he said about Vin. Mm. Mm. I told Diesel directly that I would not be returning to the franchise. I was firm yet cordial with my words and said that I would always be supportive of the cast and always root for the franchise to be successful, but that there was no chance that I would return. Vin's, Vin's recent public post was, a, was an example of his manipulation. I didn't like that he brought up his children in the post as well as Paul Walker's death. Leave them out of it. We had spoken months ago about this and came to a clear understanding. Hey, I respect that so much because I thought at the time that Vin posted that on Twitter that it was a chicken shit move. You didn't pick up the phone like a man, put your tail between your legs and ask him to do this. You put him on blast in the public view to try to pressure him into it. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that Dwayne said, no, fuck you, bro. I've got I've got $20 million coming in on two more red notices. Go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. He's going to keep making these spinoff Mm-hmm. Fast and, and Furious Shaw's probably getting five more, right? He'll probably get another Hobbs and Shaw. There's yeah. Jungle Cruise too. I mean, yeah, he's he's busy. He doesn't need anything. He's got Black Adam coming, which I'm terrified of. By the way, oh, I damn too. He's putting his heart and soul into Black Adam. I hope it's not bad. Well, I can't. I can't accept it. I've seen the little. I don't know if you guys have seen the the hype clip of it, where he lifts a guy up and electrocutes him into ashes. And looks all evil and stuff, and you just see the bottom half of his face under the cloak. I can't take him as a superhero. I can't take it seriously. I can't, I can't either because I've always in my head imagined that if The Rock would ever be a superhero, he'd be like The Tick. Do you do you guys remember The Tick? Mm. Yeah, yeah. He'd be something like that. Yeah, that's that's great. 
that's a better. parody of a superhero. <laughs> yeah, or like Peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not... No. Yeah. If he's going to be taking himself too seriously, it's uh, it's going to crash and burn. For me, I don't know about the rest of the world. Uh, what do we got here? The Godfather 50th anniversary. They're going to re-release it in the theater. That's nice. Oh, I thought you said that. I thought you were going to say that they're going to remake it with The Rock. <laughs> these are all rock news stories um no i'm i'm excited about that godfather back in the theater i feel like we should go yeah i approve yeah. of this re-releasing old movies in the theater again i, I love like it that. yeah maybe if i come into it like an hour after it starts i can pick up where i left off with him just wandering around italy or whatever the fuck <laughs> or no he's in like the desert is he in the desert it was very tan and just sunny that's where I left the movie. I think you fell asleep watching Godfather and woke up watching Lawrence of Arabia. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you, or were you watching all the money in the world? I'm telling you, he left and he was just like out of the family by himself doing nothing for like a long stretch of time. It's not that long. <laughs> she did. She looked at me and she's like, I could be watching Jersey Shore right now. That's what they should do. Can we do the Godfather reboot it with the cast of the Jersey Shore? Holy shit. Jesus. Oh my god. I would pay to see that. Oh man. Yeah. Uh Daniel, you have to like uh sedate her or something. <laughs> force force her to watch it, but give her slip or something and get rid of this uh this back talk. Yeah. You just want to see Snooky. Quit exploring the Jersey Shore cast, Godfather. Oh, the situation is Marlon Brando. The situation would be Brando. (laughs) Vinny would be uh, what? What? The main character, young young Pacino. Yeah. Um. No. What about the the guy with the the tall hair? Oh, Polly. Yeah, Polly. I don't know the re- I don't know the rest of the characters enough to really place Polly, but I think Vinny has to be young Pacino just because he's the youngest looking, yeah, and sort of full of feelings. Yeah, maybe Polly can be like like consigliere or something, one of those. <laughs> Optimism and tolerance. <laughs> Quick uh, kit bag update for you: Jodie Comer is no longer in it. She had to. She had to back off for whatever reason. Napoleon movie with the bad title. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Vanessa Kirby replacing her. Not bad. I'm down with Vanessa Kirby. Everything's still fine. And that being said, um, it's time to get into uh, the lineup, I think. Unless unless you guys want to get sold some scripts. Otherwise... Uh, This uh, is the the greatest lineup. Yeah, well, it's... It's last... Of the last time. Of 2022. No, it's... The final lineup ever. It's quite possibly the most satisfying lineup ever. Yeah, it's true. In fact, I think that instead of playing the normal clip, we should play the battle cry because it's like we're we're going into battle with what could be. (laughs) I I don't know. There's no other words to to say it at this point, guys. I mean, we've been called liars. We've been called, you know, Boyle cries wolf, blah, blah, blah. I bring the best lineups and you guys show yeah. me that they're not. But Exaggerators, liars, con men. Yeah. Tonight, it's not about that. Tonight, the whole the whole office was jumping around like I hyenas down there. There's no way that this is not a contender, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. No, it was like a successful rocket launch down there. Everyone yeah. high-fiving. Yeah. 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 They, they deployed the sunshade. 
They were all excited. Okay. Yeah, that's how that's how excited they were. <clears throat> Here we go. Here we go. Battle cry. Here we go. I just want to say that my laugh in that clip uh, made me vomit in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Moonfall. Moonfall. Here. We go. July 20th, be the greatest sentence anyone's ever said. Nathan, worried or excited about Moonfall? So when I first heard about this movie, I was very focused on the moon falling out of orbit being the main thing. Right. This now appears to be suggesting that the moon is A, hollow, B, has some kind of alien in it, and C, this alien has a like a hibernation mass extinction of Earth's schedule. <laughs> I'm in. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I, uh, if you want to, you know, same thing. I was brought in on this because, fuck, the moon's falling out of orbit. It's going to come crashing into Earth. I guess this could 
have the potential to be the disaster movie of all disaster movies. Only concern is that it brings up where the the line is on sort of maximum destruction. Like, <laughs> can we go much further than this before we're just like it's just a bunch of streaks of color and explosions? Because like, how much how much more destruction can you make than than a, a stellar body falling into another stellar body? Um, <clears throat> it does appear that there that the moon is hollow and that there's some sort of alien uh, creature on it and. This is also picking up on a theme that's been very, very popular lately, even though it's been around forever in like uh, 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 literature on ancient history and alternative history and stuff like that about all the di- different extinction events that have taken place on Earth over the past uh, 150 or 350 million years. Um, and it's now it's worked its way into um, an Emmerich film, right? This is an Emmerich film. Yes, and would it surprise anyone if Roland Emmerich turned out to be a modern-day supervillain that was actually planning to destroy the world? No, it wouldn't surprise us. I would, if anything, I would put money on that he's probably part of some like uh, agenda that pushes these ideas into the culture as sort of like a prep or a pre-programming. Well, what do we got? We got Day After Tomorrow. We got 2012. We got Godzilla. You could count that. Basically, he, basically, he's got like climate change. Yeah mayan mm-hmm. prediction thing that was Monks, like so monster. so set in everybody's mind like didn't even matter if you ca- if you knew who the mayans were you knew about 2012 and then now we got this thing with the moon and like hollow planets and like is the moon even the moon or is it like some weird out there theories you can find that suggest that the moon might be itself a spaceship or something of a dead civilization so they do seem to touch on some of that, so I'm, I'm curious about that, but I'm there to watch the moon fall into the earth, excited. On oh, Independence Day, too. He did the, the alien invasion. There you go. Classic alien invasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's do a think, pretty standard. I think he like, went into his office and like kicked a chair against the wall when Deep Impact and Armageddon came out. Like, fuck, fuck! Yeah. Bullshit! Missed out on the asteroid. So, he has to now make the moon fall, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. We gotta put aliens inside of it what do you think amanda oh i am buckled up buttercup (laughs) um one i trust halle berry to make a good bad movie so her being you know intercom girl i'm ready (laughs) intercom Um, girl (laughs) and then you know who better to send into space into the moon to save us all than Patrick Wilson, <laughs> the most vanilla, forgettable motherfucker ever, and Samuel Tarley. Yeah. This is who we have. And Donald Sutherland telling us, the audience, um, he's doing our, our exposition for the film so that we understand what, what's mm. going on. Props. Props to Donald still being around. Canadian. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. I was Canadian. like, holy shit, he's still alive. <clears throat> yeah. And, and Josh uh, Gad was supposed to be the Samuel Tarley character and thank god it's not because i'm i'm not into gad anymore he would have been too silly yeah too much yeah tarly's perfect he's yeah and patrick wilson is like one of those things where you see like oh we took every hockey player and mixed them into one person and this is that person he's like he's like that of white people yeah yeah is he like he's he's like the a the a1 or the a minus guy that they go to all the time he shows up in all these movies. It's like, oh, this guy can't do it. Let's go talk to Patrick, right? Yeah, is he? Is he? He's not busy doing another conjuring, is he? No. All right. 
Is is he working on Aquaman? Yeah. yeah. I love him though. Even though he is a bland motherfucker, I love him. Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. Something about Space him. Station 76. He gets better movies than he deserves. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. I but, I, but, I, but he's he's good in them. I, I don't yeah. know that that's true. What? But, think think about him think about him in The Watchmen. Night the Night Owl guy. Yeah, Watchmen, Space Station 76, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, Space Station 76. He was fine in Bone Tomahawk. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm for it. I'm for this movie. Yeah. I'm great. I'm in. Balls to the wall. Let's go. Intern. Uh, do we know if Halle Berry uh, gets a swordfish scene or a monster's ball in the moon scene? Yeah, she goes, she, goes, she goes bottomless. Yeah. Like... Um, Billy Bob's gonna show up and and bang her from behind. That's, yeah, just punish that pussy. That's a really uncomfortable scene. Why are you bringing that into Moonfall? <laughs> I'm trying to find a reason why. How 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 am I supposed to be excited? Hmm. You're not. I wanted this to be the last episode, Nathan. You're supposed to subject us to more podcasts right <laughs> off the bat. They know that this is a quality headliner that's going to satisfy with its hokiness. They're excited about the hokiness. It's like earlier today, Chelsea was like, what is that alien made of? It was really bothering her. And I was like, um, the drones. Moon rock? Um, uh, nanobots. M- Mysterio's drones. Yes. yes. Oh, God. She liked that. So she's in. You know what would have uh, made this better is if the rock was in it mm. yeah, i agree you. somebody said it um <laughs> thank god i thought after all these years with us that you would have come around to negative scale movies by now he, he has to be fair come a long way uh i a, like negative scale movies i do andrew. not like uh end of the world andrew bullshit it's a movie you about... know it's been a, a long time since you know the last time a headliner has upset me so much was Greenland. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. That that might be getting a sequel. Hold on. Um look, it's a movie about the moon falling out of orbit and coming towards the earth. You've never seen that before. And being spearheaded and, by some sort of uh, digital dragon alien. Yeah. This might be the first movie I just don't watch. Oh. No, you will watch it. Yeah, you'll watch it. I know. I will it's watch it. It's on a line. Will it be as free. crazy as we want? Do any of us ever go back and watch 2012? No. No, we don't. So it'll I've probably never have seen 2012. No. Bad aftertaste, I'm sure. But come on. They have, come a, they have on. an ARC project with a bunch of big submarine-type ships. <laughs> uh, not interested. Don't care. This movie looks like it's a piece of garbage. Okay. I want to use this poster to wipe my butt with. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there will be a Trailer Park Podcast 139. (laughs) Okay, so the second trailer tonight stars uh, Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage in the unbearable weight of massive talent. That the unbearable weight of massive talent. Ah, oh, beautiful. Here we go. 
Nick, you've been living at the Sunset Tower for over a year. They love having me there. You owe them $600,000. Okay, I'm gonna deal with all that. But I'm gonna get this next roll. And when I do, all of that changes. Then I'm back. Not that you went anywhere. Nicholas Cage, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> he was so good in The Rock. What about Gone in 60 Seconds? Have you seen Croods 2? No, I'm 44 years old. Why the fuck would I see Croods 2? I've seen Face Off and Con Air. We got another offer. What's it about? You head to Southern Spain and you attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party. I would never do that. It's a million bucks, Nick. I'll take it. The guy that owns this house, what's his name? Javi. Look, Javi's if Javi wants me to fuck his wife or watch me watch him fuck his wife, that's a no-go. You understand? That's no bueno. I am Javi. Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage? That's fucking cool. I am so happy that you're here. Is this supposed to be me? It's grotesque. I'll give you 20,000 for it. What have you got there? Divine inspiration. I'm paranoid. Let's just get up on the count of three and run. They're coming! Grab my hand. You're heavier than you look. I have a very big head. <laughs> you go. I'll never forget you, Hams. Mr. Cage? It turns out we could have just walked around. Wow, I guess so. Amanda, worried or excited? Oh, my God. I cannot wait to see this movie. Like, we watch bad Nick Cage movies a lot and have come to love and appreciate him for the, like, bombastic, crazy things that he does in bad movies, and it's charming. And then he'll send, he'll, you know, then he'll make a Mandy or a Colorado Space where he's really good, although still, like, an offbeat film. This is like, oh, no, he's actually, he's still really fun and can make a competent movie here making fun of himself i am laughing my butt i've seen this trailer like five times at this point and i still laugh out loud every time also he looks incredible like he looks the best he's looked in the last like 10 years like his beard looks strong he yeah. looks a little trimmer than usual he looks younger than he, he did 10 younger. years ago he looks he looks great and uh who's the actor the the fan Pedro Pedro Pascal I love him so much Mm -hmm. I think he's gonna play I think they're gonna play really well off each other and then Neil Patrick Harris as his like desperate to get him to work or fix his problems agent-esque first character (laughs) would be great too I can't wait I think this looks excellent top to bottom some background for you this was the uh, screenplay that was on the blacklist and the guy that wrote this screenplay uh, got Nicolas Cage to agree to do it, which gave him the leverage to uh, get to direct it himself and get final cut from the company that bought it. There was apparently a bidding war between HBO and MGM and Lionsgate, and Lionsgate was the only one willing to give this guy uh, final cut because wow. he, he had Nicolas Cage attached 
only if he would do it. So you write a movie about a movie star and you get that movie star to be in the movie as long as you direct it. <laughs> it's great. Mm-hmm. One of the That's things, a hustle, man. That's yeah, that impressive. is a, pretty good. One of the things that is not that they are not showing you in this trailer, which has ultimately sold me and why I am excited is that apparently he will be reprising some of his roles in this movie, like Caster Troy <laughs> from Face Off and Connor oh, so, guy. So like his his super fan Pascal or whatever is gonna like make him yeah. There's pick up more bits of his old roles. Yeah, there's more to this party. This party they didn't they're not showing you the the content of this film. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot more going on. There's a whole bunch of cameos from stars that are not listed on IMDb. This is gonna be an event. And I'm excited. Yeah. Intern. Uh, speaking of liking good, bad movies, this is going to peak as being uh, one of the better good, bad movies uh, that's been on TPP, I think. You talking about Moonfall? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I'm going to say that my last outing with uh, Nicolas Cage, I was also expecting to be brilliant, and it was uh, a little much. Uh, not in a good way. Talking about Ghostland? Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of screaming. And <laughs> I, w- I was upset about Ghostland. And I don't like I don't like when people scream for the whole movie. Uh anyway. Uh this looks fantastic. And I'm I'm ready to get my cage on. We're gonna do the Nicolas Cage version of JCVD. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Because that's where your mind goes, right? It goes to like JCVD and uh, being John Malkovich and um, I don't know. Whoa, whoa. What? It's pretty hard to put any movie next to being John Malkovich. Here we go. Here we go. That's one of my favorite movies of all time as well. Don't worry. I'm not going to besmirch it. Um, I just mean that. I've never seen it. when, When you see these movies with actors playing themselves, your brain wants to think, well, this is too indulgent. This is not going to work. But it seems to work because they seem to only do it with people that can pull it off, like Malcolm. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that I think that Cage can absolutely do it. He is so self-aware and aware of his like role in the zeitgeist of culture that I think he can totally do this. And he's charming enough to most people to to pull this kind of shit off. And all, and all of it looks super fun. And I, and I'm sure that he had a great time doing it. Um, so I'm I'm also excited, and I w- I will just dip in here and take a little jab at Prisoners of Ghostland. Um, <laughs> I feel like I was sold the bill of goods. They're like, this is the craziest, most bonkers, pandemonious shit you will ever see and ha- and have ever seen. And Nick Cage puts his stamp on it as it being that. And the whole time I was just thinking, one, this movie is annoying to watch. Two, yeah, uh, Colorado Space is bonkers. There are moments in Colorado Space that put this bonkerness to shame or make this look like just uh, hollow emptiness and confetti so i, I, I will say I, I was almost annoyed by it <clears throat> i will say that when he lost his nut right away <laughs> i i started cracking up it was and i couldn't stop for a whole for a really long time because i really didn't think weird, it was though. gonna happen right away but yeah it was so weird anyway. though because you, having your nuts exploded that's not like a Oh well, let me sit down for a few minutes and I'll be over it. Like that's a, a life ending, <laughs> but they just treat it like, oh, there, there it goes. Yeah, no, just a nut. <laughs> anyway, yeah, 
Uh, everything else, not good. Yeah. Yeah. This, on the other hand, looks great. A uh, little bit of feedback there for you on the being John Malkovich. Nicolas Cage was in the Spike Jones, Spike Jones's next movie after that, and it was better than being John Malkovich. Okay. Which one was right after that? That is not true. Is I mean, one? it is true that he was in Adaptation, but... Oh, uh, oh Adaptation is also great. Yeah, it's being better. Being John Malkovich It's better is... than being John Malkovich. Well, I haven't seen either one of them. Oh, my God. Me? I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I can't really say that I would... I don't trigger... I don't get triggered by that statement, but I don't know if I agree with it. It's close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to trigger him. Okay. Uh, your fulcrum is... Scream. Scream. Here we go. so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm, I know who you are. I've been through this a lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready? For this? Never. There are certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. All right, Daniel, you were excited about uh, Scream 2022. It's been a long journey with Scream. Long, long time. And a long, long time since the last one. Because mm-hmm. this is part five. Yeah, 2011. It's not, it's, it's, not a, yeah, it's not a reboot. It's not. And I think or... the 2011 one was like pretty much 10 years after the one before that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. The first three came out quick succession and then they put out the fourth hoping that they could like reinvigorate or rejuvenate popular interest in it. And it just went nowhere. So they've taken this long to come around back at it again. Uh And kudos to them for managing to pull in the three people you'd want them to pull back in, which is Arquette, uh, Campbell and Cox. Mm -hmm. Um, and Campbell looks surprisingly good. Yeah, she does. She does not look like she's no, aged she looks fantastic. as much as Cox does. Because right. Cox is getting to be where she's had so much plastic surgery now. She's starting to get that powdered catcher's mitt look. <laughs> um. <clears throat> okay. Um, does anyone care to rank the Scream movies? Mm, this uh, is more one, of Amanda's forte, actually. Two. What? Oh, I mean, the first one is the best one. Hmm. I would actually say that I actually thought four was very good. I've only seen it once. I probably need to see it again, but I uh, two and three are both pretty bad from what I remember, but two still had the cute kid from the first one, but then he dies real early. So that always pissed me off. Cause I'm like, why'd you kill him? I liked him. I don't know. I'd probably put it one, four, two, three mm-hmm. question mark. Nice. That is a, the article I was looking at that ranked it, put it, Three, two, four, one, as a countdown. So exactly what you mm. said. One, four, yeah. two, three. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Chelsea's a huge Scream fan, so she always brings it out at Halloween. And yeah, number one's definitely watchable. And uh, yeah, two and three can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and is this franchise in particular? I feel like is I I don't know. Like to to give like a parallel. Like I was just at the age where I was like two or three years beyond having my entire childhood shaped by Pokemon. And I feel like Scream was that horror franchise to me. Like I was like already kind of on the outs a little bit. And then Scream came out and it like I was there for it. And I was there for all the hoopla of Scream and everything. And I remember watching it in the theaters. But it to me felt like the franchise for people a couple years younger than myself and it was also very pg-13 well that's why me and chelsea really love it right and you're like meh yeah it's got a lot of like very old meta tropes in it that i I felt got a lot more attention than they deserved and then also it's pg-13 so as a man that loves his goop and his and his and his flesh uh not a lot there for me but that said i'm always curious now that we're in the era of no ideas too taboo no franchise is too sacred to go back into and proven like in cases of Ghostbusters Afterlife that you can pull it off sometimes going back after a long time. So I'm going to give screen the benefit of the doubt, especially because it looks like they have like a whole huge corral of young people that they're just going to fucking eviscerate. Yeah. And it looks like it's bloodier <laughs> than the previous films by far. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Well, I'll say that um, uh, it came out yesterday. And the feedback is very positive. So, cool. Nice, cool. To, nice to see Jack Quaid, the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, there from uh, the boys. Nice to see him in there, and mm. uh, the girl from Yellow Jackets. I don't know if you guys have been watching Yellow Jackets. Pretty good show mm-hmm. so far. Wait, that guy is Dennis Quaid's son, Jack Quaid. Yeah, I did not know that. Is he going to be our killer? Oh, uh, good question. There's a character named Wes that they believe is a. Uh, nod to Wes Craven as a gesture. Mm. And I my money's on the character named Wes. That would be yeah, that's very Wes Craven y to have 
yeah just characters like <laughs> shows and there's another character in there in there whose name is robert shea or shea or something <clears throat> i think it looks great and i would say um that in defense of the franchise in general or at least of the first one i i think the opening sequence of the first movie with drew barrymore is one of the most fun and memorable slasher scenes ever oh for sure and drew barrymore at the time was like the it girl it was so unexpected that they would kill her like i went into that movie thinking that she was going to be like the final girl and then they killed her well (laughs) she actually turned down nev campbell's role and took that one to be fair that i'll take it a step further that opening sequence launched not only the scream franchise but the scary movie franchise as well yep yeah it sure did (laughs) oh yeah yeah. we got five of those before we got five screams (laughs) yeah when i think scream i think about carmen electra running through the sprinklers Mm. but it's not scream it's scary movie so hey i'm gonna i'm gonna stay excited for this just because i think uh, chelsea and i are actually gonna go and watch it and i this last Halloween, I did appreciate Scream a bit more. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm actually kind of uh, amped up a little bit about this one. I watched Scream 4 in the theater with Chelsea. Oh. And I had a great time. I think this is going to be the same. I think uh, 4 four was, was entertaining. I think I watched Scream 4 in the theater with Daniel and you and Chelsea. Daniel's looking... Bullying. No, I was just gonna ask what what, ha- what happened in Scream Four. Is it is it <laughs> the same story? Like all the all the characters are Ridge, or it's like her sister or a cousin or just, niece, and or they just something. cameo, or did they put as much time in it as this one? No, Nev Campbell is being her is still front and center in the fourth one as well. Okay, I mean, but yeah, what is what is it? Is it a niece who's being? Uh, yeah, but yeah, it it's a niece. She's the killer, right? Well, good. Well, kudos to Nev Campbell, to Nev Campbell as well for just kind of owning this franchise, Mila Jovoviching this thing. Yeah, she's got no shit <laughs> about it. Yeah. Hmm. Never mind. It was me and Andrew and Chelsea and Chelsea's friend, I think. Yeah, that makes more sense. Daniel, you weren't there. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I was like, man, because that movie, because that movie's got no real estate in my brain. <laughs> okay. So, everybody's excited about Scream. Excellent. And just uh, just to go back and double check, you're worried it still stands on Moonfall. <laughs> okay. Uh, trailer number four tonight. Number's emergency replacement because uh, we had to push the movie that was there to the next lineup due to release dates. Didn't want to do too much too early. Um, this one's interesting looking. It's called Kimmy. Kimmy, here we go. Kimmy? I'm here. What time is it? It's 7.26 a.m. Kimmy? I'm here. Call Dr. Burns. 
I got her. What do you want from me? Kimmy? I'm here. Why don't you run from me? Call Darius. Hey, hotness! Wow. What are you wondering? Why do you know? Kimmy? I'm here. Reopen last stream on desktop. I need more kitchen paper. Open yesterday's stream. Interpreter, I may have heard a crime on one of the streams. The devices pick up lots of things. Just mark this degraded audio and delete it. I am not capable, and you know it. I think a woman might need help. How do I find out who she is? You need a device number and the admin code. Will you make me one? This is the last favor, Cortez. Closure files come to my office. We'll listen to the recordings together. Miss Childs. I have to know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with what sounds like a premeditated murder. How do I know that? Because I just told you. Twice now. Maybe you've just replaced your real stresses with this. Can we please call the FBI? I understand that you have taken some mental health leave in the past. But why is that in my file? You said you had her. They did. But now they don't. Kimmy, bedtime lights. Is he the only copy? I emailed it to everyone I know this morning. Kimmy! I'm here. Intern, worried or excited about Kimmy? Uh, I have questions. And my first question, hopefully anyone can answer this, is uh, what is a live stream interpreter? Voice stream interpreter. Great call. A voice stream interpreter. Yes. What's that? Uh, I think it just, from a science fiction movie standpoint, it's uh, something that people will monitor. Or maybe they're already monitoring. Don't know. So There's 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 an amygdala corporation there. Up to no good. Probably global yeah. global elitist conspiracy theory. The thing with this trailer is that it keeps asking you these questions like, what if everything you did was recorded? Like, that's not happening already. Right. Um, well, not ultimately, right? Unless you have an Apple product or a Google. Uh, or or just anything. I've, I had to tell Amanda to stop mentioning diapers all the time because my phone will give me diaper ads for three months. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's listening. An algorithm is interpreting. Don't know if it's recording. But yes, it's a moot point. Carry on. Yes. Anyway, Kimmy, Alexa, Siri, whatever. I don't know. I think this is a byproduct of uh, COVID. They can only have a couple people on set, and they're trying to segregate things, and they're doing a better job than with the uh, computer screen films that we've seen but uh i am concerned that i don't care steven soderbergh and david coab and he's been on a a slope of not the best unsane was not good 
this looks like it's following in the same footsteps. Yeah, it almost feels sort of similar to Unsane, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember Unsane. Yeah. Do you guys watch that? We watched. I watched it with you. Oh, we watched it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, it doesn't look like any shards are happening because <sighs> Kimmy. Well, because okay, uh, 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 including all of the things that intern just said. The whole time I watched this trailer, I was like, bitch, mind your fucking business. <laughs> if somebody's dead, they'll figure it out. Not your pig, not your farm. Why are what the why do you care? If somebody's dead, somebody'll figure it out. You're not gonna save her. She's already dead. Um well, the, I, he could kill again, Amanda. I do <laughs> Most people only kill people that they know. And now he'll probably try and kill her because she's on to him. <clears throat> I, mm, I have I have moral issues with her sticking her nose where it doesn't belong. Okay. <laughs> via via some you know recordings that she's not she shouldn't be listening to or have access to in the first place. It's yeah. her job. It's this her is job. a dystopian <laughs> reality. Yeah, her job is illegal and immoral mm. on every conceivable human way yeah. you know okay fine True. i kill you know my what? husband in my house i shouldn't get you know some crazy bitch from amazon stepping on my porch and saying did you kill your husband <laughs> bitch you don't know him or me go away okay well i'm um, lighting i'm lighting myself on fire i have no tolerance or optimism anymore <laughs> Uh, guess what? <laughs> guess what? This is two hours and 29 minutes long. Daniel, how worried oh, are you? God. Oh, wow. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so we've got our... Here's the know, gasoline. Ace, Here's the match. Asymmetrical haircut, blue-haired... I uh, do like female, Zoe Kravitz, though. Female protagonist, to which Amanda's immediate response was, this uppity bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does kind of have a little bit of the vibe that intern mentioned of them trying to, like... Mm incorporate behind the curtain the hurdles of covid production problems um keeping everyone sort of squared away in their own homes and communicating virtually only what's weird is that there's like a 90s digital thriller vibe to this that seems anachronistic or just like weirdly out of time uh yeah i don't i can't i can't say that i'm excited about this but it doesn't immediately put me off either. Like if this is like on and it's late, I would just probably let it play out. <laughs> but I can't say I'm excited. For for, for me, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. For That's me, what I mean. like, as for I'm me, it's it's about Soderbergh and whether or not he's got the chops to just make this competent, whatever it is. If they build the world better in the full length movie and not in the trailer, then maybe you uh, put some of these concerns aside, like the busybody stuff, blah, blah. It's a profession. It's a dystopian reality. They, they explain all that to you, and you, that get, that criticism gets kind of apologized for, and you have to just kind of let it ride. Maybe it surprises you, you know? Maybe there's some optimism to be had here. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> anyway, I was kind of interested by the trailer. I also liked it as like one of the first trailers I've ever seen where at the end of it it says subscribe today instead of mm. when it comes out so yeah it's interesting so i yeah. was i was excited until i listened to all this now i'm worried <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you were hoping for a 1-3 great, but it feels 1-3 late. <laughs> that was a dad joke. Oh, intern, did you know that the moon is actually moving away from the Earth? And so for the moon to fall to the Earth is would be like a really huge deal? Yeah, it's, it's because uh, the ocean tides, when they get over two feet, the moon will start coming back towards us. So you're back on for moonfall? Oh, yeah. More than ever. That's that's only because you just created a safety cushion with Kimmy. You got to be worried about something. <laughs> anyway, uh, all I can promise you is that we're going to finish strong tonight, folks. There's no way that the final movie tonight, The Five Hole, disappoints any of you. It is the second collaboration of The Daniels. Yes. It is. Because the, the death of Dick Long was just one of them and not both. This is the first time the Swiss Army Man boys are back together. For everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Here we go. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. What's happening? Devlin, I'm not your husband. I'm another version of I'm from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. I no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you may be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. He's waiting in the wings. The universe. He speaks of senseless things. Is so much bigger than you realize. Of all the places I could be, I just want to be here with you. Remember our mission concerning the fate of every single world of our infinite multiverse. There is no way I am the Evelyn you are looking for. Every rejection, every disappointment has led you here. To this moment. Don't I?
distract you from it. Nathan, take us home. Worried or excited? I don't know if you guys caught the clip in the trailer of the moon crashing into the earth. <laughs> yeah. Yep. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connected with the lives she could have led by the Daniels. I don't, uh, I don't see any reason why we should belabor the point here. This looks amazing and uh, very complex and cool looking. It's probably executed superbly, and I'm very excited. Yeah. Are they are they now referring to themselves in the collective? Yes. Like it's produced by Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. They did that for Swiss Army Man. You Man and Daniel Lowe well. used to do the same thing? Yes. Yes, we did. They did the same thing for Swiss Army Man. When they worked together, they called themselves Daniels. Yeah, but we kept it like... Singular, singular for two people. For two. Yeah, it was uh, the Daniels. Oh, was it? And now uh, it's just Swiss Army Man. And now, now it's, it's just, just Daniels, film, filmed by Daniels. Yeah, and when yeah. Daniel Lowe and I used to go out to bars and stuff in our twenties, we would just point at each other and be like, "We're Daniel." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's like the next step for them after this. Yeah, they're gonna drop the S next. Yeah, yeah, it's much easier than. Being called Schnurt and Quan. <clears throat> from from Schnurt and Quan. Uh yeah. There's uh this yeah, this looks insane. Yeah, this looks like a ton of fun. It's a yeah. big, grandiose, original property. Um I feel like if we could just get the Wachowskis to take a break for a while, we can get other directors in that can pull this kind of stuff off a little bit better. Cause like I feel like these high concept bizarro movies kind of got sidelined for a while after Jupiter ascending and things like that, where it was like, Oh, weird original ideas like this that aren't pulled from 50 years of Marvel or DC aren't, aren't safe. So we're not going to go to them anymore. And I miss them. I miss stuff like this. And it's nice to have something, have the Daniels come back out after their weird ass, but also enjoyable film Swiss army man. Um, and, and, it, and what's great too, is that the, the, the gimmick or the concept that you see played out over and over again with the flipping back and forth between the universes and being kind of shocked into reality over and over again. I feel like it's going to keep the pace high mm-hmm. just naturally, which is always fun too, because then uh, it's just new idea after bizarro idea after bizarro idea. And if I can just like embody Will Ferrell for a second, it, multiverse is so hot right now. <laughs> right. And yeah. and I'm on board though. Like I think the, the idea of the multiverse creatively is so satisfyingly freeing that you can explore like limitless weird ass ideas. I keep thinking of her when she pull, pulls her hands up and looks like she has hot dog fingers. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's like Rick, that's Rick and Morty type of stuff. That's Spider-Man into the multiverse. That's all fun. So excited. I feel like we should be freaking out more about Michelle Yeoh. She is so amazing. That's what I was going to talk about is how much I love her. Do it. And, and for a woman of her age to be open-minded and to do something like this yeah, front, movie. Front and center. Yeah. With, you know, with the Daniels who made Swiss Army Man. I mean, uh, she's getting major, major respect from me. Um, I just 
because it feel it looks like she is really giving it her all and she's 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 just great i find her just really um not intriguing but like uh, engaging i just i like it well her physicality even at her age just gives them so much to work with yeah yeah like you saw how much they surprised you with daniel radcliffe and paul dano <laughs> they're they're nowhere near this this woman's talent level from a physicality standpoint, anyway, I'm sure intern would probably go, Whoa, well, Paul Dano. Blah, blah. <laughs> I don't really like Paul Dano, yeah, but okay. Michelle Yeoh, I've always liked Michelle Yeoh. No? Yeah, I feel like Paul Dano is the character he plays in that Beach Boys movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish he was, that I feel like is the only role where I don't find him awkward. It's because he's playing himself. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's who he is in real life. <laughs> He's just like the awkward kid in class that picked his nose and for some reason everybody celebrates him like he's this great actor and I guess he is. It's That's my experience with Paul Dano. It's like he was in There Will Be Blood and then all of a sudden it was just like everybody was like, oh, Paul Dano, Paul Dano, Paul Dano. And I'm like, yeah, I guess he's, yeah, I guess he is good. I never really thought about it that much. Are we going to keep talking about him? Apparently. Apparently. Yeah, we're going to have to because he keeps showing up everywhere. Yeah. He's not offensive, but I don't. It's, I'm surprised. It's like if Cooper Hoffman gets more acting jobs, I'll feel the same way I do about Paul Dano. You don't think he's gonna get more acting jobs? I don't know. I'm just saying the kid. The, whole looks, the kid is, is the kid is Hoff, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, and you know. You can say that about like ninety percent of actors. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm gonna have to give more thought to it because he's, you know, he's a he's a redheaded white kid. Yeah, ninety sure. percent of actors are Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. I'm not I'm not sure where they plug him in. You know, how soft though? Because if you're super soft, then you then you can go the successful route of the great Hambino. You know, from yeah. from Sandlot. Yeah, he's just. I'm sure there's I'm roles. Sure right, I think that he will be the darling of of indie for a long time, but. He's not. He's not. Pretty much every role that Philip Seymour Hoffman was in, you could just plug his kid in. Cooper Hoffman is going to be able to do those roles also. Along came Polly. Hmm? We got to go. I shit myself. I went to fart and a little shit came out. I sharted. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> the best scenes ever in a movie. <laughs> I thought you were actually really saying is. that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he is the like glowing beacon of that forgettable comedy <laughs> maybe they can remake scent of a woman so his son can be the george character that <laughs> screws up <sighs> anyway everybody's excited about everything yeah. everywhere all the time yeah. at once everybody's can excited. have radcliffe and elijah done an indie horror movie together yet no i don't um, think so that's what oh, I'm i don't for. think so i feel like I we've we've had them in separate indie horror movies on the same lineup before yeah i feel like we need them together they represent two weird like i've got fuck you money i'm gonna do whatever i want and i'm also a diminutively statured individual i feel mm -hmm. like the two of them could come together and play some sort of like twisted fraternal twins thing mm -hmm. i agree they have to be friends right because they have taken the same approach to their post huge success careers yeah Maybe they could Which is, remake. I can do whatever I want now. Maybe they could remake Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin at his current age, and have uh, Elijah Wood and 
Daniel Radcliffe be the wet bandits. The wet bandits. <laughs> oh, but they none of, none of them can pull off the Daniel Stern spider screen. <laughs> You'd have to re-envision the whole thing. It wouldn't just be a remake. It would be like a re-envisioning. Because Macaulay Culkin at his current age be just like a guy you know being attacked yeah, he's by like robbers a, like, yeah. he's like an interpretive voice streamer um <laughs> what do you say about uh, moonfall now intern i'm so excited oh good oh, god damn it <laughs> you son of a bitch uh, you know the only time the only time it's good for the moon to fall into Earth is when the Daniels are directing it. Hmm. See? You saw it too, didn't you? Yep. There's just a real quick part in there. Hmm. But overall, tonight's lineup. <sighs> it was uh, 50%. Didn't make it. Well, I mean, to be fair, what was it? The uh, the totter had to be tossed for, for a backup pitcher, right? Well, it didn't have to be tossed. I was just trying to save her content i was trying to make 139 stronger well okay but here's the thing i really think you're taking this too harsh because you know january february is the worst time for movie releases in general adding on top of that the tomfoolery that hollywood is doing right now Mm -hmm. um so this isn't your fault you did the best you could with what you had i appreciate that but i have a commitment i have a commitment to reaching out further into the release dates to make every lineup strong and worth your guys's time so that at least some of the lineup engages you and gets you jacked about something. And tonight, I think we did that with at least two, possibly three of the of the titles here. Oh yeah, I was I was multi jacked. Yeah, yeah, I felt the multi jacking. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got multi jacked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah, in general, on a balance of probability, the uh, the lineup, you know, makes me want to just I don't know, like a not duck duck something. It makes me want to watch the it's game. Like, it makes you want to watch what? Sorry, Amanda. What, uh, the game. Oh yeah, you should. You should watch the game and Unforgiven and Training Day and Predator. Boogie Nights and Predator. I have too many movies on my list. You should watch them all because they were all good. And I'll tell you one thing: all of them are significantly better than Dancing. It's on. <laughs> I don't know. Was I high? <laughs> Wait, when you watch Dancing, it's on. Yeah. I don't think so. Why was you guys so both watched it? Apparently, I don't know. You were tired, and you were like, but, but, and so you were like locked in your recliner, but you were still awake. That's how I snuck in and took advantage of you because I usually watch riff tracks oh. by myself. But I was like, you're gonna watch this. I think I had been to bingo. Yeah, that's what it was. So I came home late, and you were like, let's watch Dancing. It's on, and I said, okay. Well, my favorite mystery science theater of all time is Space Mutiny. And this is the director of Space Mutiny that made Dancing It's On. And Dancing It's On came out in 2015. 20... 10 years after the dance craze. And it, and, it, and it looks like it was made in 1998. <laughs> and it's fucking just straight up bonkers. Amanda, do you uh, consent or agree to the following statement? The battle cry that I played earlier in tonight's episode is the most epic battle cry that you've ever heard in your entire life 100 percent agree with that it's from predator god damn it mm-hmm. it's on your burden fact. list you should watch it 
I will get to it. I promise. I have it. I, I have it on like a beautiful steel book that's like out on display, staring her in the face every day, making her feel guilty, and she just won't put it in. Boogie Nights is about porn. Yeah, but isn't Boogie Nights like really long and like you're just like watching people live their life? Yeah, but at the so very good. end, you get to see Mark Wahlberg's fake dick. It's but so it's, it's so good. It's better than any Paul Thomas Anderson movie that he's made. Did that he was, do the, that was the, his best the, movie. the sewing movie? Phantom Thread, it's yeah. The, it's got the best tracking shot ever, ever put so, down on celluloid. Every, every moment of Boogie Nights is engaging and entertaining. You will not be disappointed by Boogie Nights. The only one I'm afraid of is Unforgiven. I feel like Unforgiven is a movie that I really appreciate that you're going to come back and be like, meh, I fell asleep, Nathan. I, I totally zoned out. I don't care. Is it a full-blown Western? I'm prepared. It's slow. Yeah. It's a slow burn, but it's a good slow burn. But I don't know that that's possible for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. That could be an unfair statement. I'm not sure. Maybe you'll watch it and you'll love it. I hope so. <clears throat> and Training Day, you get to hear the Hey Jake. These are like podcast-related clips. I'm trying to amp it up for you. I'm trying to make you excited to watch these because I'm just going to keep adding to your list. <laughs> That'd be the way to like surreptitiously do it right just seed movies you seed like quotes and clips from movies you want her to watch like weeks and months in advance and then <laughs> throw them up on the burden list and be like oh but this will just provide more context for you in terms of the clips that we play on the show that's the way to do it <sighs> okay folks well i think um i think it's clear that a challenge has been laid down and that the next lineup is going to have to strike even harder so yeah. we're gonna get to work on that and we'll see you for episode 139 beautiful I think you were funny beautiful yeah